Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, we focused a lot on the show here this morning on the Massey Tunnel mm-hmm. announcement uh, yesterday, and y- you were bang on here. We've talked about this project a lot here the last few days, and I, I think your instincts on it were right. They were not going to go with that tu- that bridge. Mm-hmm. They were going to go with the tunnel, and lo and behold, that's what they announced yesterday, an eight-lane tunnel to replace the Massey Tunnel. Your thoughts? I was surprised by the timeline, um, 2030 for completion, which uh, struck me as um, surprising. I thought it could have been done sooner than that. And you asked Michael, you had Michael Lee, is he liberal leadership candidate on earlier about, you know, we could be into an, another election cycle before much construction is done on this. And just as we, we saw, there was construction done, about $100 million on the bridge. Right. Uh, but it was it was shelved. It's conceivable another $100 million could be spent on this tunnel. Uh, come the next election, and shelve. What if Kevin Falcon wins the Liberal leadership race? Strikes me that uh, he may want to revisit the bridge options. Oh, so I think he probably would. This, I is, mean. this is not a done deal. Um, but again, it's a it's a thorny transportation problem. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not sure how this tunnel option is going to fix the congestion problem. And a lot of critics have pointed out. It's still, it would still hit the bot, the next bottlenecks at the Oak Street Bridge. Yeah. And that has to be dealt with as well. Okay. Let me play a clip here for you from the transportation minister, Rob Fleming, speaking to me a short time ago. And here he is making the case saying that this eight lane tunnel will fix the congestion problems we have there. Have a listen. Then I'll get your thoughts. The worst part of the congestion, we did a very extensive study on this, is when you're down to one lane going the other way. That's a huge source of congestion and frustration that will be resolved because you'll always have three lanes going in each direction. You'll have the Steveston interchange improvements that are being made. And, and look, we make no bones about it. We want to shift lots of people to public transit. If you every, every, every full bus that's going to be on this new rapid bus infrastructure is 50 cars, which stretch for a kilometer or more. Okay, he's talking there about the counterflow system mm-hmm. that's in place now in the Massey Tunnel where you know they will open up three lanes of traffic going one way during rush hour in that direction, right? So he's saying that this will be better with eight lanes. But you know, They've got an, they're proposing an eight lane tunnel with two dedicated bus lanes. Mm-hmm. So three lanes for commuter and truck traffic going each way. Which is, is that not now, effectively the same the thing? Same, same thing as, as now, what we have now during, with the during rush hour, with yeah. the counter flow. Yeah. The three lanes at, at rush hour is going to be three lanes again, both ways. Um, there's a lot of, there's always going to be a lot of critics of this particular option, whether yeah. it's a bridge or the tunnel. It is the most maddening, uh, choke point in, in entire uh, province, if not the country. And I don't think there's a magic solution here. That bridge had a lot of problems with it, and not the least of which was the lack of local support yeah. in terms of mayors. Uh, but this tunnel has its opponents as well, including the Tawasan uh, First Nations. Yeah, and also the the Surrey Board of Trade, interestingly enough, came out against the uh, the tunnel this morning too. One of my uh, colleagues, a global producer, uh, emailed me. I said, spent 27 years driving through that tunnel and does not want to face the prospect of continuing going through another tunnel. I mean, the tunnel aspect does drive people crazy. We're in an earthquake zone. Is it seismically safe? You want to be under a river in an earthquake, but is a bridge even 
safer than that. I'm not sure it is. Well, you also cannot bring hazardous materials through the tunnel under law legally. Mm-hmm. So that limits the the traffic going through there. Continues to limit the traffic through there as well. The other thing I found I found troubling about it is. There's no rapid transit option for this. So no. the liberals had proposed this 10-lane bridge that you could put like an LRT. You could put a train across it. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with this tunnel. No. no. And, and, I, and I asked Fleming about that, and he said, well, it's okay because there it's ALR land a lot down there, and we don't need rapid transit. It's going to be fine. I don't know. If you take a look at the growth projections for this region, why would you not want rapid transit Delta's everywhere you can get it? Delta's going to have a significant population growth. Oh, and again, yeah. this is not supposed to be done until 2030. That's nine years from now. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of people are going to move into that region between now and then. Okay. Now, you mentioned the possibility of this thing getting kicked down the road again, which is a troubling thought. But we'll be into another election here three years from now. I, Kevin Falcon will very likely be the leader. He's got. He's all guns blazing right now against this tunnel. You know, could a, if the Liberals win the next election, could they cancel the thing again? Well, now I asked Michael. Let me play this clip yeah. for you. Get your thoughts. So this is Michael Lee, the Liberal transportation critic. I tried to pin him down on this this morning. I just asked him if you guys form power in the next election, would you cancel the tunnel? And here's what he told me: A BC Liberal government uh, in the future is something that we all want to see in this province. That is something that <laughs> not, uh, ev- not everybody wants to see. Mike, and, and there's a parallel process that where I'm involved with as well to ensure that that's the case, but. Uh, for now, uh, we want to ensure that uh, British Columbians are listened to in terms of their concerns and over this project and what's going to be happening. Okay, I didn't get a straight answer out of him. <laughs> Far from a straight answer. I don't no. think that was even an answer. No. Uh, I suppose it's always possible they could cancel this again and, and revisit the British election. I think it's unlikely, though. Um, it's interesting. The NDP really got little criticism for basically canceling $100 million worth of, of work on the bridge. Nobody really set a peep on it. But again, it reflects the fact that the, the tunnel option is more um, supported locally by mayor, the mayor's council and mayors than the bridge option was. And and I think that speaks volumes of why there wasn't not much criticism in canceling the bridge. Okay, I've got Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole coming up on the show here mm-hmm. just after the 10.30 news, and he, he made an interesting announcement about a federal conservative housing plan and touched on the uh, a hot point here in British Columbia, and that's foreign buyers, offshore buyers that could be distorting the real estate market. And we've had... Uh, promises from the NDP to bring in a foreign buyer's tax at the federal level. Justin Trudeau has also talked about a foreign buyer's tax. Here is O'Toole here saying they he will ban foreign buyers. Have a listen to this and I get your thoughts. Aaron O'Toole. Conservatives have a plan to end the housing crisis and it starts with building more homes, a million of them in the next three years. We'll get more homes built around transit projects. We'll ban the purchase of homes by foreign investors and will encourage the building of more rental homes. Okay, so ban offshore yeah, real estate purchases. Populist streak to that uh, promise. It may resonate uh, with with a number of people. I wonder, though, again, I still hold we're in the middle of August. I'm not sure how many people are actually paying attention to the federal election campaign right now. It's not top of mind. It's not front page news. It's not top of the newscast on it in, in any way, shape, or form. So O'Toole's throwing a lot of stuff at the wall. I'm not sure how much of it is sticking. Okay, another thing that he promised there I thought was interesting, I'm going to ask him about this, is he would bring in federal rules around uh, housing density around mm-hmm. transit projects. So let's say you bring in a big major SkyTrain extension, like, for example, in Surrey, that it contingent on the federal money being devoted to a transit project in B.C., you would have mm-hmm. to commit 
to housing density along that corridor, which is something that everybody talks about. He's saying he'd make it federal well, law. A number of cities around the world have exactly that policy. You you, you build a transit station, and around it is uh, is automatic. There has to be housing. In fact, housing on top of the station or below the station. So it's not something that's um, uh, unheard of. It, it does happen in, in a number of jurisdictions. And it's been kicked around in B.C. about yeah. a, as, a, as a policy. It just hasn't... Um, uh, taken reality. But uh, again, Aaron O'Toole is throwing some creative stuff around, but I'm not sure how much uh, people are listening right Let now. me ask you real quickly about the COVID numbers in the province, especially with the Delta variant. I'm going to be speaking to one of the leaders of the COVID modeling mm-hmm. team, which is a group of uh, doctors, scientists, academics in, in BC that do yep. a deep dive on the COVID projections. And they put out some really kind of scary numbers yeah, yesterday about the Delta variant saying if nothing's done, you could start to hit 2,000 cases a day, which is crazy to ponder. Well, or even more. So, yeah, so we've got uh, hundreds of thousands of people have yet to get a single dose of, and I'm only talking about those age 12 and over, quite apart from the people, the kids under 12. Um, so the Delta variant is very infectious, and it's it's coursing its way through the every community in BC. So if you're uh, if you're unvaccinated, you run a really high risk of getting the COVID-19, the Delta variant. So, yeah, we could easily be at some very high numbers, but we are also vaccinating more and more people every day, and that's going to keep the numbers down. But we're off, you know, we're averaging more than 500 cases a day are being detected with testing. It doesn't mean that's only 500 cases out there. It means it just shows there's a lot more out there than the 500. That 500 is just picked up through testing, uh, quite apart from what's actually not being tested. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open. Star 9898 on your cell. Steve in Coquitlam. Hey, Steve. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call, Mike. Uh, in the, you know what? In the event of a quake, I don't believe Keith said this. I mean, like, there is a huge difference between a bridge and a tunnel. A bridge is, a bridge is designed to sway and bounce, where a bridge is going to crack, and, you know, you're going to end up drowning in the event of, a, of a, like, a serious quake. Number two, as far as overseas buyers, that's got to stop. We have to take care of our own first. Thank you very much for taking my call. Okay, thanks for the call. Well, I mean, the government did make the case yesterday that this would be a safe tunnel. It would be safer than the existing Massey Tunnel. So, I mean, the technology has advanced. I'm not well, an expert in it. but you're No. Th- I mean, I, either way, if, we, if, if the big one hits, I'm not sure you want to be anywhere. Yeah. If you're on a bridge or if you're in a tunnel, I think you're in danger. So, yeah. uh, But, again, I just think it strikes a lot of people that tunnel, I know, just personal acquaintances um, don't like driving through that tunnel. It's uh, there's a bit of claustrophobia for some people, um, and a lot of people just dread going in there every day. And now you're going to go into a, a, a newer one and a more modern one. Let's go to Tracy in Maple Ridge. Hi, Tracy. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Go ahead. Oh, did we lose it? Oh. Okay, you got a bit of a you got a bit of a scratchy connection. Try again there, Tracy. Okay, well, tr- phone me back if you can. G- Glenn in Maple Ridge. Hi, Glenn. Yeah, hey, Mike. Thanks for taking my call up. Sure. Yes, uh, I, 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 I think the NDP really blew this. Uh, I think it's a political move. I think first, I got a couple points, quick ones. But I think if the if the uh, Christy Clark government proposed a tunnel, 
and put all the work into to pre-do the tunnel um, and the environmental studies, they would have reversed that and went a bridge. I think it's a political thing, and uh, the, the tunnel makes no sense. We have to go through a three-year environmental assessment. We've already done that for a bridge. Uh, the pre-pack is there. We've got the Fraser Port, which is getting more and more traffic, uh, and, the, and the tunnels get impede marine traffic. Um, and and the tunnel, they say they're building it for like places like Delta Ports to move goods. Well, you can't move hazardous goods through the tunnel. No, so it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, thanks for the call. Yeah, this is obviously not going to uh, please everyone, but again, the bridge certainly had a lot of its enemies. But Ian Payton has made the point, you know, that a lot of that environmental assessment work was done with the bridge. The pilings had started. Uh, this br- The bridge would have been completed sooner than this tunnel is going to be completed. Well, I'm just anticipating some environmental backlash to this thing, though. Once we get closer to a review, which could take years to review this thing, like it could take years to build a, a tunnel like this Mm -hmm. and this is what they call one of these submersible tunnels so they build it in pieces and they sink it into the river and they put it together like a like a big tinker toy set at the bottom of the river right but i mean when you've got migrating threatened salmon in there you've got threatened sturgeon in there all the other environmental Mm -hmm. sensitivities i mean how is this not going to be a fight over this the environmental we also have some first nations opposition to this and although the two the the two first nations were there at the announcement yesterday though I mean, the Tuas and First Nation had opposed it, but then the, the chief was there. Yeah, but it's so, still not entirely clear what the, their position is. But you're right. I mean, the environmental assessment uh, process alone is going to yeah. take some time here. And you're right. You, we could be on the eve of another election campaign before a shovel's yeah. on the ground. Jay and Delta. Hi, Jay. Hey, how's it going? Good. Go ahead. So the only way for this whole project to work is get rid of the HOV lanes, the bicycle lanes. You don't need HOV lanes. They don't work. They're just congesting traffic. You're discriminating against other drivers. They're pointless. They're an experiment for the whole West Coast. They never worked in the first place. They need okay. to eliminate that whole plan. Just get rid of it. And that then this tunnel will work. You will get four lanes going each way. That's the only way it will work. Okay, Jay, thanks for the call. Well, there will be bike lanes in there, too, the government announced yesterday. Let's go yeah. to Grant in White Rock. Hey, Grant. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I think the NDP with this COVID has made some brownie points, but, man, have they ever shot themselves in the foot with this one. It is certainly political. You can see that, well, no matter what it's going to be, it's going to be a tunnel because the Liberals said bridge. But for the next 10 years, while their voters are sitting in that lineup, they're going to be thinking, what the heck happened here with the NDP? So as far as the political move, we're going to see, I believe, the Liberals in, not for a small way because of this this bridge tunnel issue, and this whole thing is going to go back to the drawing board. It is, uh, thanks for the call, it is good political ammunition for a guy like Kevin Falcon, who will be the next liberal leader. In fact, he's just been texting me, uh, denying Rob Fleming's claim earlier on the show that the previous bridge had not gone out to tender, because the liberals had been saying, like, oh, the bids came in under budget for the bridge. Mm-hmm. And Fleming is going, oh, no, that's a myth. They didn't put it out for tender. And my phone, my phone's buzzing here with, with uh, Falcon texting me saying, no, we did put it out for tender, and there were guaranteed bids that came in under budget. So, I mean, this thing is going to be like a firefight over this. It is. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's, it's not going to be the ballot box question in the next election campaign, though. It's, uh, there are other issues. But this will be one that could very well determine. You know, the NDP had a breakthrough in winning all the seats in Richmond. Not all the seats, but winning seats where they hadn't won before. 
winning North Delta with Ravi Kalon. Uh, Delta is really where much of this traffic originates from, uh, and it's probably going to be a hot potato uh, issue in the next election campaign, but I don't think it's a provincial one.